What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video and with round one of the NFL draft wrapping up last night, I thought this would be a solid opportunity to just kind of talk through some of the biggest winners and losers from round one. If you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm going to talk about my winners and losers from day two, talk about some day three gems, and then just start running through like my dynasty rankings, updating my running backs, my wide receivers, my top 24, maybe my top 36 for super flex. So if you want to continue to see content like this, you know, hit that subscribe button and check back in. And then just let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Also, do you agree with these winners? Do you agree with these losers? And let's jump into it. Starting off with the winners, I feel like we've got to go with Anthony Richardson here. Pick number four to the Colts. I feel like the overall concern, at least for me with Richardson, was that he was just kind of going to be the odd man out here. You had Young, you had Stroud, you had Levis. Maybe it was possible that Richardson was going to slip. That did not happen. He avoided that fall. He secured the top capital going number four to the Colts, like I mentioned. And I don't think he's going to be a guy who steps in and is going to be a starter from day one. I'm guessing he's going to have the opportunity to sit behind Gardner Minshew. Obviously didn't have a ton of uh, experience as a college starter. But for Anthony Richardson here, it's all about the ceiling. He's pretty much the best athlete we've ever seen at the quarterback position. And with this draft capital, the reason why it was so important was that if you're picked fourth overall, the Colts are expecting this dude to be the future, and he's going to be guaranteed almost every opportunity to succeed at the NFL level. And so the fact that he did go number four, secured that draft capital, he is going to be the number two player in my Superflex rankings. And the only guy who's going to be ranked ahead of him is the player I'm talking about next, another big winner, and that is going to be Bijan Robinson, picked at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. And honestly, just securing top 10 capital at the running back position in today's NFL, like that is nearly impossible, but Bijan Robinson managed to get it done. And I think, you know, the Falcons may not be this super flashy landing spot. It's not like he's going to a crazy offense. You know, I think a lot of people were really hoping he would go to the Eagles. It didn't happen, but I think the Falcons are a perfectly fine landing spot. And they actually averaged the second most rush attempts per game last season. So I think Bijan's going to step in. He's going to have a massive three down workload for this offense. I think, I guess I'll just mention him right here. Obviously, Tyler Algier is going to be a loser here. He was coming off of a very solid rookie season, but we just see this year after year. These running backs who are day three guys, they break out, they have these strong performances, and teams just don't typically have a ton of loyalty to those guys. Like I said, we saw it here with Algier. We saw it with James Robinson. We saw it with Elijah Mitchell. So like, this is not a spot where I'm going to be worried about Tyler Algier. I know he had the solid season. But if you're the Falcons, you do not go out, spend the eighth overall pick on Bijan Robinson, and then stick this dude in a committee with the running back you drafted last year in the fifth round. It's just not going to happen. If you have anyone telling you that you should be concerned about Tyler Algier, I would strongly advise against listening to them. I think, I guess, just to kind of throw in some minor losers here, I don't think this is a great result for Drake London or Kyle Pitts. It seems like the Falcons are sticking with Ritter. It didn't really seem like they were, you know, making an effort to go up to try to get one of those top quarterbacks. They passed on Levis, like we saw pretty much every other team do also. And so if you're drafting Bijan Robinson, 
They're probably going to be very, very run heavy once again. And so I feel like we're almost just continuing to push it year by year where it's like, when are we actually going to get to see the ceiling for a guy like Kyle Pitts? And then we might be starting that thing here also with Drake London. So I think those guys are kind of minor losers in this situation. Obviously losers in terms of fantasy football, but Bijan Robinson, huge W here. Crazy impressive going top 10 at the running back position. And then we're going to stick around at the running back position because I think kind of unexpectedly, we saw Jameer Gibbs go at number 12 to the Detroit Lions. I thought this was a super surprising pick, both the fact that he went to the Lions and then also just how early it was. Like I think just a week ago, he was pretty much like 50-50 to go round one. I know he was gaining momentum, but I really don't think anyone thought he'd be going like top 15, maybe even top 20. I mean, from the outside looking in, it's almost hilarious at this point how much the Lions hate DeAndre Swift because in the fantasy community, I mean, myself included, even last year, I was in on DeAndre Swift. We continue to want to buy in on him and the Lions just repeatedly, you know, put this dude in brutal situations. You know, they've got Jamal Williams playing ahead of him. They've got him in a three-man committee with Justin Jackson. Remember his rookie year, we had like the ghost of Adrian Peterson playing ahead of him. Now they go out, they uh, let Jamal Williams walk, but they bring in David Montgomery to kind of throw him back there. And I mean, now he's clearly cooked as a lion. Now for Dynasty, I wouldn't be, you know, going out and selling DeAndre Swift for nothing. I think if you can buy low on him, I would, because at this point, Like, I feel like it's pretty unlikely that he's going to be sitting on their roster as their third running back behind uh, Jameer Gibbs and behind David Montgomery. I'm guessing he's going to be traded or released something. Like, I don't think he's going to be on this team. So he could find himself in a much better situation heading into 2023 than, you know, we'd be expecting right now. Like I mentioned, the Lions went out, they signed David Montgomery in free agency. So some people may be concerned about that when it comes to Jameer Gibbs. In my opinion, similar to Bijan, not super concerned. I think it's very clear Gibbs is going to be very involved. He's pretty much going to have a monopoly over the receiving workload. We know it's his bread and butter. Truly a fantastic receiving prospect at the running back position. And I also think he's going to filter in, get his fair share of carries. He may not have the goal line work just because when we're looking at the frame difference between him and David Montgomery, it is going to be a pretty significant difference, but this is a strong offensive line. I think he's going to get his. And at this point, like looking at my super flex rankings, I think at worst he'll be my number five. And I totally think he's in range to jump CJ Stroud at this point. Obviously those aren't finalized yet, but you know, I'll see where I'm at in a few days, but he could definitely be up there, you know, at number four overall in terms of uh, super flex. And like I mentioned, teams are not spending this type of elite draft capital at the running back position if they're not going to use him. Both Bijan, Gibbs, I think these guys are going to be super involved in their backfields. The team, you know, clearly felt a need and desire to go out and spend very, very valuable capital on them. So I think this is a huge W for both of these dudes with this great draft capital. And then, you know, the final main winner I'm going to be talking about here is going to be Geno Smith. Obviously not a guy who was, you know, selected here in round one, but he was kind of coming into the draft with the possibility that the Seahawks could be selecting his replacement. I know we signed the extension, but you know, there was talk about Anthony Richardson potentially going to Seattle. They didn't get the chance to pick Richardson. So it is possible they would have gone with him if he was available, but they also did pass on Will Levis twice, you know, like every other team did. 
Um, and instead of the Seahawks going out and bringing in his competition, instead they go out and they draft Jackson Smith and Jigba to complete a really, really strong wide receiver trio here with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. So we're looking at a really nice group of weapons here for Geno heading into 2023. Plus you throw Kenneth Walker in there. Like this is just a really, really strong wide receiver room. So I just think a huge winner, even though, you know, he wasn't a rookie in this situation, Geno Smith really liked the way this played out for him. And then just some honorable mention to some other dudes in this draft class, Quinton Johnston going to the Chargers. That was definitely one of those top landing spots for the wide receivers. So good luck for him there. And then I also think Dalton Kincaid to the Bills, they traded up to get him. I think the Bills were probably looking at those wide receivers, but they all went off the board super quickly, talking about the uh, big four of JSN, Johnston, Addison, and Zay Flowers. So I think they trade up, you know, they got the best pass catcher available still on the board. And I think he's someone who's going to be a big piece of their offense, especially if they're not going to add a big name wide receiver. Definitely someone who's super interesting on that offense. And then for the losers, I honestly just have one guy here. You got to feel for him here. It's obviously going to be Will Levis. Just a few days ago, this dude was the favorite to be the second overall pick. And not only did he get passed, you know, for the number two pick, he was passed by everyone in the first round and passed on teams that were actually, you know, like reportedly in the market for quarterbacks. We were hearing stuff about the Titans potentially moving up, Vikings, those teams passed on him. I mean, the Buccaneers had an option to get him there, didn't even have to trade up. They didn't go for him. And at the quarterback position, it's just really tough because there is a very significant difference between being a top 10 pick and being a second rounder at that position. Top 10, like I was talking about with Anthony Richardson, you're basically guaranteed a legit shot to be the starter. You're going to get an opportunity to be the guy for the most part. Like the only situation I can think of here, like Zach Wilson, right? They gave him multiple opportunities. He may be cooked now, but he got the opportunity. Trey Lance is really the one example where I'm like, maybe he's not going to get the opportunity for the 49ers, but that's like a freak situation where he's sitting a year and then gets hurt. And then you have the dude who is what the last pick in the draft comes out, plays well. Uh, You know, in most situations, you're going to have the opportunity. So if he was picked top 10, top five, like we expected, you know, I'd be feeling pretty good about Will Levis. Now slip into the second round. You're not guaranteed that opportunity. You could be a guy who's a backup and really never gets that shot. So we'll see where he goes. Obviously, it was brutal, you know, because he's like the last dude sitting there in the room. They keep painting to him and his family. Obviously, you know, he's not feeling great about the situation. So just a tough night for Will Levis. I was very surprised he fell this far. Like, I didn't think it was impossible for him to get out of the top 10. But I mean, to not even go in the first, that is very, very tough. We'll see where he lands here on day two. I have to imagine he's going to get picked sometime in the second round. But he was a dude wearing rookie drafts. I mean, a few weeks ago, I talked about him as a faller because it looked like his odds were, you know, kind of shifting towards him going maybe back half of the uh, top 10. And then he jumped back up there. It was like, all right, he's good to go. I had him as like a mid first round option in my last set of uh, Superflex rankings before the draft. Now you have to imagine he's going somewhere in the second round. So probably the most significant faller, definitely the most significant faller in terms of dynasty value. So Will Levis going to be the one loser there. Overall, I feel like this was a pretty positive draft in terms of landing spots for the weapons. You know, the one uh, tight end, Kincaid, had a solid landing spot. 
think the wide receivers, some of them were a little iffy, but I don't think any of them were like super negative. And then like I talked about with Bijan and Gibbs, they get great draft capital. So overall, I think pretty solid. Like I said at the top, I'm going to uh, continue to talk about this draft from a uh, fantasy football perspective. So make sure you guys continue to tune back in. But uh, this is going to be it for this video. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will see you guys in the next one.